You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be diving into a big mistake that I see quite a few people make in clinical practice. And that mistake can be very detrimental to fertility, hormone health, lean body mass, metabolism, thyroid health, and so much more. Can you guess what the mistake is? The mistake that I see a lot of people do is chronically undereating and chronically dieting. And I say both together because there's a lot of people who are just significantly under eating and they don't realize it. It's not intentional, but that also can be from years of dieting where they've constantly slowed their metabolism down. So I want to talk about that, what that looks like, what ranges you want to look for and things that we can do so that if this is you, we can work to slowly getting your metabolism back to a good point. So I think the nineties and two thousands definitely did a good job at saying, really pushing the calorie narrative that lower calories, better, smaller, thinner, all of that is better. Um, low fat is better. All these really just horrible, unhealthy narratives. And we wonder why we have so many hormone issues in both men and women. And this goes for both men and women, the low, low, uh, lower calories over time and the chronic dieting and under eating, I would say it's very more prominent, much so more prominent in women. But it's not to say that I don't see it very often um, in men, especially because chronic dieting is a really great way to take your testosterone levels, lower your libido, um, really it's detrimental to muscle mass. Um, so we'll definitely get into that. But the reason this is important is because it's we, I see so many issues with thyroid health um, and I see so many issues with low progesterone. And honestly, I see a lot of people too, especially perimenopausal who are eating very little, but they still are gaining weight. And when that has come to the point where your body has lowered its metabolic threshold so low and there's nowhere else to move it. So when we diet or when we lower our calories, we have kind of, I guess, in the bodybuilding fitness space, there's kind of like three phases. There's a maintenance phase, which is kind of, you're not gaining, you're not losing, you're kind of staying where you are. You're gaining, which is obviously a surplus. And then uh, diet or you're a losing phase or a cut phase, which is ideally you're, you're going to be losing, uh, body fat, body mass, whatever it is. Um, especially because if it's not done right, you are going to lose a lot of muscle. So the reason that I bring that up is because it, it's important to kind of know the different phases and, and you can kind of guesstimate even what phase you might be in based on your lifestyle, based on the things that you're seeing. And if you are in a place where you know that you are not eating a lot and you are being truly honest about the fact of like what your dietary recall actually is, because, you know, there's some people that I work with, they're like, yeah, I have like two eggs in the morning and then I have, you know, a salad for lunch and then I have like, you know, veggies, meat and protein, you know, a salad for dinner. And it's like, okay, well, that is really not enough food. So either you actually are completely emaciated or you are lying about some, you're not, you're not being completely truthful of some of the added things you're doing, like the syrups in your coffee and the things that you're grabbing as a snack. So the, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking like being 
completely truthful of kind of an honest with yourself. I don't care if you lied to me, but be truthful to yourself of what your true dietary recall is, what you're having in a day. Um, I think it is helpful in instances of like kind of getting a ballpark area. If you have no idea what you're eating, it's always helpful to kind of put it in a chronometer type thing or my fitness pal or something to give you an input of this is exactly what you're eating, especially if we're expecting under eating. And what do I mean by under eating? Under eating is I would consider really anything under 1600. I mean, 1200 is really common that I see a lot in the bodybuilding space. It's very, very, very low. That's what toddlers need. And so what happens is when you are constantly lowering your calories, either intentionally or unintentionally, you are, then those people are like, Oh, I'm just, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry, but I'm not losing weight. I'm actually gaining weight. Or I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm not losing anything and I'm still so low. It's because the more that we cut, we are essentially turning off our thyroid. We are not turning it off. We're really lowering it because why would your metabolism want to burn calories when calories are very sparse uh, and they're very few and far between? Whereas when not saying we need to be in a complete surplus where there's too much of it to go around and we're storing it in our fat tissue for, for later, that's essentially what our body's thinking in that process. I'm not saying that it's all of this stuff is very Goldilocks. It's not too much. It's not too little. It's finding what's right for you. So Right now we're talking about the, the dieting or under eating component. So the effect that that's going to have on your thyroid, of course, that's going to put a stress on your thyroid. Um, and because of that, it's going to slow your metabolic rate. So because of that, you are going to have to, uh, you, you aren't, you aren't going to lose anything because your metabolism is, is slowed down. So what people think is just, oh, continue to just eat less and eat less and eat less or bur- or work out more or work out uh, more intense so that you're burning more calories when that's not necessarily the answer. Because when you get to the point when you're at as low as you can go and you can't add any and you shouldn't add any more activity for your adrenal sake and your thyroid sake, that's where we talk about, okay, how can we start to come up slowly? And this is really common if you've ever followed anybody who's into bodybuilding or you're familiar with that realm, that's what they do. I mean, they get insanely lean, very, very low calories when they get down to a show. And then ideally a good coach is going to help them slowly reverse out so that they are going to gain weight because that bodybuilding physique is just not sustainable and it's not healthy. So getting them to a point where it is more, a little bit more maintenance for them. So a healthy growth, it's not complete um, you know, a ton of weight gain all at once. That's obviously something we try, we can try to avoid and is definitely preventable if done right. So that is essentially what reverse dieting is. Reverse dieting is essentially like what it pretty much what it says. It's you're reversing the diet process by slowly adding in carbohydrates and just, so not just carbohydrates, calories. Sorry. I was going to, I'm going to be talking about carbohydrates. I'm getting ahead of myself. So just to put it in perspective, a young child between the ages of two and three, who is very sedentary, needs about 1000 to uh, 1200 calories, a child between the ages of two to three. Okay. So if you are a female between the ages of 19 and 30, and you are sedentary, your ideal metabolic caloric range should be anywhere from 1800 to 2000, which if you are sedentary, you probably are like, I probably get nowhere close to that. Maybe you do, maybe you do, maybe you do. Uh, for a male between the ages of 19 to 30 who's sedentary, that's 2,400 to 2,600. 
Um, if you are moderately active or active, you need anywhere from 2000, maybe up to 2400, depending on how active you are. Uh, for males, if you're active, that could be 2600, anywhere up to 3000. And then for like the 31 to 50 year old range, um, that range for sedentary is about 1800 moderate for women is about 2000. And if you're super active about 2200, cause as we age, our metabolism is going to naturally slow. So that set point can be lower, but I see so many menopausal women where they're eating like 1500 calories and they are very active a few times, five, few times a week. So they are probably five to 600 calories off to ideally where they should should get to. Um, and for males, 31 to 50, if you are moderately active, um, anywhere from 2,400, uh, like I said, all the way up to uh, 3,000. So kind of similar to the 19 to 30s range. That's also going to depend on testosterone level. It's going to depend on muscle mass. And that's going to be the next portion that I get to. So when we are working on reversing, a lot of people get nervous because they're like, I do not want to put on any more weight, which anytime you're going through a healing process, sometimes you're going to have to push through the pain or the symptom or whatever it is before it gets better. I tell my acne patients that I tell my gut healing people that anytime that we're working on a protocol where we're trying to get to get through a hurdle, you might notice an exacerbation of symptoms before things kind of clear up. That's just how it is. And unfortunately, if you have been under eating for a significant period of time, it is going to maybe you might notice a few pounds gaining as you're trying to get your metabolism and your thyroid and your hormones to come back online for better, for lack of better words. Um, so the key to doing that, if you are an under eater and you need to get to a healthy caloric range is one, we don't want to just focus on calories. That's where people make a lot of mistakes. Um, it's really, really important to make sure you're eating enough protein because why protein is very metabolically active. It one takes a lot of meta metabolic work to break down and utilize. It's needed for a lot of our hormones and our gut function. It's also required for lean muscle tissue and lean muscle tissue is the metabolic currency of the body. There are, of course are other things that burn calories. Digestion burns calories, uh, you know, our REM sleep and all those different things, of course, are metabolically active, but your muscle tissue is what is really doing that work for you when you're sitting at your job all day. Your your muscle tissue is raising your metabolic rate substantially, depending on how much muscle tissue you have. So for instance, I think like the in-body scans and things that I've done. So usually you can just find what you'd burn at rest without, uh, I get the, the old kind of theory is you take your body weight and you just add a zero to it. So say you're 150 pounds, you add a zero to it. Your resting metabolic rate is about 1500. But if you have muscle tissue, I've done, and I've read in bodies where someone's been 150, but they can get their resting metabolic rate to be up to 17, 1800. And what that is, is essentially you're not doing any exercise. That's just how much energy your body is burning at rest. And because those people have significant amount of healthy muscle tissue, they're burning two to 300 calories more than someone who has no muscle tissue would be. So muscle tissue is really important. Muscle tissue is very, very metabolically active. Um, it's also really what's going to give people, I think the look that, that is achievable when we just lose weight, we just become essentially a smaller version of what we were before. When, whereas when we are weight training and say you, you get to a point where you've lost body fat or whatever you are, that's where the word tone, I hate that word, but it's, it's applicable. Cause I think everybody knows what I'm talking about when you tone up, 
toning is essentially building muscle tissue, losing fat. And that's, I, I think, most people's goal. Because otherwise, when we just cut, you're just essentially becoming a smaller version of yourself. Whereas muscle is what gives you that toned look that everybody is, I think, achieving for. Um, obviously, people have various goals of what they want that to look like, some more than others, and that's totally fine. But if you are in this under-eating category, you're having a hard time getting to a point where you feel comfortable in your own skin, if you're not weight training and eating enough protein, that's going to be step number one. And then as we, so say maybe the first thing that you just even need to add to help increase your calories is increasing more protein because a lot of people are under eating that. I would say you want at least a gram per ideal body weight. So say you're 170, but you'd like to be maybe 160. So you want to aim anywhere from like a range, give yourself a range, like one, one. 45 to 160. You know, it doesn't have to be right on the dot, but it's it's probably significantly more than you're already eating. It's going to help kind of really support your metabolism, support lean body mass. And how do we build muscle? You build muscle through strength training. You don't build muscle through cardio. Um, you build muscle through strength training. So whether that's body weight, whether that's lifting weights, Olympic lifting, power lifting, bodybuilding style workouts, kettlebells, it doesn't really matter as long as you are lifting weights or using your body weight. That's how we're going to get that lean muscle. So we've, we've talked about the protein importance, the metabolic component to that, the muscle tissue component to that. We've talked about building lean muscle, um, which is very important for the protein, which is also very important because the more muscle, like I said, that you have, the more your muscles almost act as a sponge for nutrients and for uh, mopping up glucose uh, and for just be, your body being able to handle a, a more more of a caloric load, I mean, you look at I look at like the food, for instance, that Nick and my brother can eat. I mean, it's just outrageous, honestly, the food that they can eat. Um, but they don't gain weight because they heavily prioritize protein. Or if they gain weight, it's the weight that they want to gain through muscle tissue. Um, it's because the muscle tissue that they have is literally just it's it's. The food that they're eating is helping to grow the lean muscle tissue because it's prior protein forward. It's really helping to grow that, really minimize any fat gain that we can see. And because you really don't store protein as fat, that's very hard to do. Whereas carbs and fat, generally, um, we it's, it's much easier for us to store that as an energy source. And the main reason we don't store protein is it's very hard. It's our body's non-preferred energy source. We can use it for energy through gluconeogenesis, but the the preferred sources of energy in the body are carbs and fat. So get your protein up. And if that's the first thing that you're increasing in your diet, then great. Then maybe you're used to having three servings of chicken and a salad, but then you bump that up to four or five, six ounces. I mean, you're getting a significant more amount of protein um, than you probably were getting before. And along with that, when you're slowly starting to add food, you want to slowly start to do it because say you're eating 1400 calories, but you know, you heard that your ideal range is 18 to 2000 or whatever it is, depending on your activity, you can go back and listen to that or write it down that I mentioned earlier in the podcast, but you don't want to all of a sudden just jump to that. So that brings me back to the topic of the reverse dieting that I was mentioning before. You don't just all of a sudden, okay, you're eating 1300. Now we're going to get you right to 2300 because you're still super active and that's what you need. 
that's probably not going to be super fun. And you probably are going to see a lot more weight gain with that because, and you're going to have probably a lot more digestive issues because your body's just not used to handling that. So low and slow is the name of the game because you want to just kind of slowly add over time. So say you're at 15, but your goal is to get to 18, just start with 50 to hundred calories a week, especially if you know that you're low on protein, add it there first. If everything else looks even in balance, then you're just kind of focusing on getting a lot more protein in your diet, which you can get through simply adding a few ounces to a few of your meals a day. I mean, it really can be that simple. It depends on how low you are and how much higher you need to be, but it really can be a simple process, but you want to, you want to go low and slow and you want to slowly see how your digestive system's working. And with that really sticking to foods that are easier to digest on the body. So, um, you know, well-cooked meats, like slow cooked meats in the crock pot or something like that is, is really great. Um, really easy to digest, um, fruits and vegetables. So like avocados, squash, um, fruits, um, I'm trying to think of some other sweet potatoes, if they're like really well cooked, um, because sometimes if you're relying on like a lot of like raw veggies, I mean, that can put strain on your digestive system anyway, but then when you're adding more food that can, can contribute to that burden. So I'm really not a fan of raw foods, uh, raw vegetables, if they're cooked and roasted and you tolerate them well, continue obviously to add them. But when you're adding more foods, definitely sticking to foods that are easier to digest, in that realm that you can either like, you know, veggies or things that you can kind of like mash with a fork because they're, they're well roasted or slow cooked and they're really broken down. That really, really increases the digestibility. So to kind of recap some of the things we've talked about really slow and steady increase. If you are an under eater, if you don't know, if you're an under eater, well, you can ask yourself the question, am I having a hard time losing weight despite how little I'm eating. And it doesn't always just boil down to food, right? Like low food is obviously a stressor on the body, but maybe you are overtraining or maybe you're not moving enough. Maybe you have a lot of external stress in your environment because stress is a huge thing that I see. Maybe you have chronic gut inflammation or parasites or mold or any other kind of extra stressor that could be putting stress on your body, but then we further exacerbate it by eating under eating. Um, I mean, there's obviously a lot of reasons that you can be not where you want to be, uh, physically, but this podcast is more solely dedicated to the fact if you're under eating or have a really, uh, have a history of dieting. So kind of begin to slowly take a intake of where you're at, how much protein you're having and you know, where ideally you'd want to be from there. You can begin to slowly increase as you're doing that, you want to make sure you're supporting your physiology in your body. How much are you training? How much stress on, are you under? Um, you know, what are you, uh, additional things that you know that you can be making sure you're mindful about adding in to support various areas of your body and various areas of your health goals. You really want to make sure that you are prioritizing strength training and putting on that lean muscle tissue because lean muscle tissue is a metabolic currency. It is very energy expensive. It's very calorically expensive. And so because of that, we want to have a lot of it because assuming we want to really fuel the fire and stoke the fire, that is going to naturally also help with the reverse dieting process because there's going to be a lot of places for those calories and nutrients to be able to go. Um, because we want to be mindful of the stress that under eating can put on our system, focusing on stress management is a very, very huge portion of 
this as well. So making sure that you are kind of limiting stress uh, in, in ways that you can. Um, and then we ideally want to kind of tie this in with supporting overall thyroid and hormone function. Um, obviously, the, everything else that we talked about, increasing your calories, slowly getting your metabolism to a better, higher set point is going to help your thyroid. It's going to make it a little bit more active. Um, but then you can also make sure that you're getting in a lot of thyroid supporting nutrients like selenium, zinc, copper, vitamin A, B vitamins, all of those different types of things. Make sure that you are having a healthy sleep-wake cycle, that your circadian rhythm is imbalanced. I've talked extensively about that on my social media and even a podcast about why circadian rhythm health is essential for hormone health. So that's important because if that's out of balance, that's going to put everything else out of whack. You want to make sure you, with the circadian rhythm, you have good sleep-wake cycles, good sleep hygiene. And um, if there's any other hormonal imbalances, you obviously want to continue addressing those as you are working on continuing to add more fuel and nutrients to your diet and lifestyle. Um, but the reason I mainly wanted to do a podcast on this is again, just because I, I see it so commonly of people really under eating, um, and with under eating comes a lot of nutrient deficiencies just apart from the hormonal effect that it can have. So just wanted to make people mindful of this and maybe you can do a little self-evaluation of, is this you, if this is me, Here's obviously a whole platform of steps that I can take to slowly increasing it to get to a point where my metabolism is robust because ideally, no matter where you are, um, you want to be eating plentiful nutrients, uh, not, not, um, restricting nutrients in any type of way that, uh, apart from like obviously whole food based nutrition, because, I think a lot of people, a lot of women really just are under eating. I don't see many women that come to me that are really eating above 1800 calories, let alone 2000 to, uh, you know, to 2200, despite them also being active. So with them being active and them not being allowed to eat that much, this is pretty much applicable for any of those people because they should be able to get to a point. I know for myself, I probably am well in the two thousands. I don't track, but if I were to guess, and I don't think that my weight has really moved much at all. I don't really want it to. Um, I, I did lose a lot of weight for myself uh, when my mom was sick. And I have gained weight since that. But it's it's. I think it's more healthy for me. I think it's it's better for my metabolism. And I'm not under the stress that I was then. So I think that it's, it's, it's healthy and helpful um, weight, you know, for my hormones. So uh, the, kind of going to show like I can eat well in the 2000s be active, you know, I'd say we're moderately to sometimes, uh, extensively active. It depends, but I'd say on an average day, it's moderate, um, and not have to count my calories. I don't because I did for so long that now I know what portion sizes look like. I know what 30 grams of protein looks like. I know what portions will look like for me, but that's, I did count and track my macros and kind of gauge that for so long. So I feel like that was a very helpful tool, but now again, I'm to a point where I know what that looks like. So that's ideally my goal for everybody that I work with and everybody anywhere who wants to just be able to have freedom 
not obsess over what the scale is looking like, not obsess over, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm constantly fluctuating or I'm so restricting myself, but not seeing anything. When you get yourself to a healthy balance, your metabolism and your thyroid are working great. Your digestive system is working optimally. You're able to detoxify your hormones um, and you're gaining lean muscle tissue. You are working on your metabolism and uh, gaining muscle through exercise it really can just, and should be a lifestyle. It shouldn't be a constant kind of work in progress about now the healing journey to get there can be a work in progress because of some prior damage that we might've intentionally or unintentionally done. And when I say intentionally, I don't, I guess I don't mean that in the sense because some people die and they don't know the negative ramifications that it can have on their hormones. So I shouldn't say intentionally. A lot of times it is unintentional, but anyways. Um, so yeah, Um, so that is kind of my deal with that. I just think it's really important. And I think we would be a lot healthier as a society if we could kind of get to this point where we, we kind of know where and how we can control our body and our metabolism in such a way it's, it's very empowering and it's a really nice peace of mind because you know how you can optimize it and you know how you can change it. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already, if you could leave a five-star review, if you are enjoying this podcast, that would be very amazing. I love reading all of your reviews. It Every single one gets read and reviewed by me. So I really heavily appreciate it. If you haven't reviewed the podcast yet, it would mean so much. So thank you so much for taking the time to do so if you have already. And thank you in advance if you are taking the time to do so after today's episode. I'll see you next week. Woo!